You are listening to the Theologizing at Remedy podcast, a podcast of Remedy Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. The design of the podcast is to help the people at Remedy Church connect theology with community, mission, and care. All right, welcome to another episode of Theologizing at Remedy podcast for connecting our... Broadcasting from the Remedy Church podcast studios. That's right, live. No, it's not live, actually. Uh, But today, Fudd, is uh, Ecclesiology Part 1 of many, Many. right? We'll have many of these in the future. This is Part Uh, 1. Where we're going to discuss the idea of the local church and the universal church and how that really relates in the life of a, a, a follower of Jesus. So I want to start us off with like a, a, a pretty, pretty bold quote, right, okay. from Mark Dever. Uh, this comes from his book, What is a Healthy Church? And in the context of when a college campus ministry asks him to speak to students, this is what he says. Sometimes he'll open it up this way. If you call yourself a Christian, but you are not a member of the church you regularly attend, I worry that you might be going to hell Bold statement. Pretty bold statement there. Um, and so we're going to kind of unpack this local versus universal church um, idea, and we're going to unpack that statement uh, throughout. But for now, the let's, goal is to get people to believe in the local church. Right. So let, let's let's start with this. Fudd, how does how does the Bible speak about the local church, particularly the New Testament? Right. So um, when the Bible speaks of the church, it uses the term ecclesia, which means called out ones. And just to, just to uh, also not just use Mark Dever quotes, but to at least use uh, the Bible, we should note that when Paul wrote letters, he wrote them to churches, right? And 1 Corinthians 1, 2, to the church of God that is in Corinth. And uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 1, Paul to the church, um, as you go to Galatia, to all the brothers in the churches of Galatia, that's one, two. Um, so as he writes these letters to Thessalonica, to the church, uh, et cetera, et cetera, I mean, he's writing not to church universal. Well, the church universal because it's Holy Scripture, it, our gracious recipients of it, of those letters. But Paul's writing to, he's writing to local churches. Um, and so the term ecclesia uh, is... Uh, meaning called out ones, and it's used 109 times. The word ecclesia is used 109 times in the Bible. Uh, And as it's used 109 times in the Bible, uh, two times it's referenced into the Old Testament congregation. Uh, Three times it's used for a secular assembly, as then just a big gathering. Six times it's used in general or non-specific specific sense, only 13 times out of the 106 is it referring to universal church. 90 times when the Bible uses, out of 109, 90 times whenever it's using the word ecclesia, it's referring to a local church assembly that has a degree or order of purposefulness in their gatherings. This is coming from, by the way, I'm using the... uh, Biblical Foundations for Churches, John Hammett, uh, which means that the majority of the time that you hear the word ecclesia in the New Testament, 90 out of 109, it's referring to local churches. Only 13 times is it referring to church universal. 
Uh, and out of those 90, 40 times is talking about just a single local church. 14 times is talking about the Christians in just one city. And 30 to- 36 times ecclesia is used for a plural of local churches in one city. So the main point that ecclesia in the New Testament is local churches is what it, what it mostly means. And so it's fair to say that when the New Testament speaks about the church, upper 80% of the time, right, it's specifically the local church. Yes. So that's going to be pretty important, 88%? I think. 88%? Maybe know. even 88%. We don't know how to do math, do the math here. but we'll do the math. Um, so let's start us off here. Let's, let's give some definitions for local and universal. Uh, I just wanted to start kind of like you did with the Bible. Um, Jesus uh, uses the word church. 83%. 83%. There we go. Quick math. Uh, Jesus uses the word church uh, a number of times in the book, in the Gospel of Matthew. All right. In, in Matthew 16, mm-hmm. uh, he talks about to Peter on this rock, right, this confession and these confessors, right? Peter's confessing that Jesus is the son of the living God, the, the Christ. He'll build his church. Now, there's a universal church, mm-hmm. right, reference. Mm-hmm. But then you go a little bit further in Matthew and you get Matthew 18, the mm-hmm. famous kind of church discipline passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you if your brother's in sin, go to him. If, if that doesn't work, bring two or three more with you. If that doesn't work, let them go. So Jesus, you, that's specifically referencing local. the local church, right? Yes. So Jesus uses the church to mean local and universal. Yes. So what, what's a good definition, I guess? Let's start with universal. What's a good definition for universal church? Uh, Wayne Grudem in Systematic defines the church universal this way. The church is the community of all true believers for all time. Right. So that's what we mean when we say Jesus died for the church. That's what we mean there. Right. right? It's all believers for Colossians all time. 118. He's the head of the body, the church. Yeah. Okay. So how about local every Christian ever and ever. every Christian ever all time. Uh, so how about how about local church? What do we mean here by local church? Um, um, local church, Calvin, uh, John Calvin. Uh, we, we decided that we should throw in a, a good Presbyterian since we made fun of the Presbyterians in the previous podcast when we said that if uh, there's the same number of baptized babies in the New Testament as there, as there are unicorns. So since we said that, we, we want to use a Calvin quote here. Here's Calvin. And so this is clearly uh, local church uh, because he says, where... Wherever we see the word of God purely preached and heard and the sacraments, we would use the word ordinances, uh, administered according to Christ's institution there, it is not to be doubted a church of God exists. And sometimes Calvin would add church discipline. But that obviously can't be made in the universal sense. So that's a a local church uh, definition from Calvin. So the word of God is being faithfully proclaimed and the... Baptism and the Lord's Supper are being uh, rightly administered, mm-hmm. which I would say includes church discipline because you would stop administering the Lord's Supper to those you're church disciplining. Correct. So, okay. Um, maybe I think of Acts 2, right? How it all started. Pentecost. The apostles are filled with the Holy Spirit. They proclaim the word. People believe. And then what does he tell them to do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. And then they, they make up what? The Jerusalem church. Sure. Um, 3,000. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there's local church and universal church. And so let's, um, 
let's talk about what, what's the relationship kind of between the two. I want to read another Mark uh, Dever quote. And so uh, we're looking at what is the relationship between local and universal church? How does this really apply down to our own lives? So I'm going to read this quote, and uh, we can both kind of react to it. So this is, again, coming from Dever, uh, what is a healthy church? He writes, uh, the relationship between our membership in the universal church and our membership in the local church and the actual practice of that righteousness in our lives. And so I think his point here, if we could summarize it, is in the same way that we're given righteousness by faith alone, but then there's works, right? There's fruit that back up, that show, that demonstrate the righteousness that's given to us by faith alone. So God proclaims this, you are truly righteous, you're completely like Jesus is in my sight. Mm -hmm. However, when that comes into our, our hearts, into our lives, that unfolds into fruit, into works, into good works, right? Sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus. So in the same way, he would probably say our membership of the universal church, right? The all believers for all time that Jesus died for is best demonstrated by our membership in the local church or a local church. Right. So another way of saying that is when we participate fully in the local church, in the workings, the in and outs of the local church, uh, we are demonstrating our participation in God's universal church. Right. Is that right. fair to say? Yeah, yeah. That we should think of ourselves primarily then as a member of a local church first before we think of ourselves as a member of the universal church. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or right. at least in, in, its, in, in the way that we uh, it's expressed because we're, we're obviously members of both, right? Right, uh, and if you move, you're still a member of the universal church, even though you not might not necessarily be a member of the local. But right, the main practice that you should have is uh, geared towards a local church. Yeah, like you know, the claim to come into the fellowship of the universal church that we are we're Christian and we love our brothers and sisters, the way that that's going to be best demonstrated in, in our lives in a practical way is by loving our brothers and sisters who are part of a local church, real people we can actually interact with day in and day out um, and, and things like that. So uh, with that, I think that best explains that, that zinger that we opened with, right? Um, that he, you know, Dever's concerned that if you're not a member of a local church that you regularly attend, you might be going to hell. In the same way, we might say, if we don't see the fruits of the Holy Spirit over a period of time in a believer's life, we might be concerned that they haven't truly been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, it just seems like uh, over and over throughout the book of Acts, we've probably said this a thousand times at Remedy on Sunday mornings, but the idea of people that are Christians that aren't also a part of a church in the first century would just not even make sense. What do, you, what do you mean you're a Christian, but you're not part of a church? You, you, you can't be a Christian and not part of a church. Those two things are supposed to go together always. Right. It's like being regenerated. You have the Holy Spirit in you, but you're not showing any of the fruits. Right. It's just, it doesn't right. go together. Yeah. So, um, Chris, here's a question for you. Uh, oh, I dropped my, my phone. So I dropped my question. Let me get it up here for you. All right, here we go. So how... Uh, how does this directly apply? So, so would you say then, therefore, based on all this that we've heard, that the, uh, the majority of our work and efforts that we do 
should be towards church universal. So since the Bible, 83% of the time use, talks about church local, should, uh, should all of our efforts and, and, and work be directed towards that, or should it be towards church universal? How, how does it directly apply in our own lives as we think about what we're supposed to do as Christians? Yeah, I, I think um, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, practically, uh, where this argue, you know, universal and local meets, a lot of times we talk about the universal church. We normally, when we say church, we mean, oh, the big C church. And we talk about our brothers and sisters uh, around the world. Uh, but I think because of the Bible using 83% of the language church to specifically refer to what we do within a local church, what, what it's teaching us here is you want to love the universal church well, you need to be in a local church. You need to, like, 83% of your energy and strength should be going toward a local church. And that's right. actually going to be the way. In your local church. Didn't Dever say in. Best, so to speak. Hmm. That's the way I would see it relating. It's by serving in your local church. Didn't Dever say in, in what is a healthy church, uh, go to a local church and be there 80 years? Or yeah, like yeah. That? He was like, you want to you love the universal church? Well, try by starting to love the real Christians who are in front of you in a local church. Commit yourself there for, like. 80 years. Now, he's not saying there's never a reason to leave or, you know, oh, if you get a job promotion, he would say, like, involve yourself with your leadership there. Uh, he's not saying never leave, but I think his point is taken. The way that we're going to demonstrate that we're part of the local church, or sorry, the universal church, is by our love and commitment and loyalty demonstrated in the local church. Yeah, start by loving the people right in front of you. Yep. And so for us, community mission and care, uh, you know, we should be full out. Our lives should be just laid into uh, serving our brothers in community mission and care here at Remedy Church. And that's the way that we're going to best uh, demonstrate our belonging, our membership to the universal church. All right. So this was ecclesiology, theologizing on ecclesiologizing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on ecclesiology, part one of many. And this was on local versus universal. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, just uh, ecclesiology just means the study of the church, mm -hmm. just in case you guys were wondering, if anyone was wondering. Yeah. Right. So we'll have more parts to this that we want to come back to. We think it's super important for us to have a good ecclesiology or a good understanding of what the church is so that we can uh, live out as members here at Remedy Church what the Lord's calling us to do in his scriptures. So today we talked about local versus universal. We'll have more to come. All right. See you guys. See you.